Welcome, guys and gals. You have tuned in to Seen and Nerd on Earth 2. How's it going, everyone? You've tuned in to Seen and Nerd on Earth 2. We are the Earth 2 crew, and we cover Supergirl on the CW and Legends of Tomorrow, DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Um, we talk. We might talk a little bit of Flash and Arrow, but if you want this week's Flash and Arrow talk, tune in to the Earth One crew, as I call on Matt and Sarah, on the the Mothership show <laughs> of, of Seen and Nerd. I'm your host Everett, and joining me is my fellow co-host Carrie Gillett. How's it going? Good. Well, yeah, pretty good. <laughs> the one-armed Carrie. I'm down an arm from a shoulder injury, but you know. These things happen on Earth, too. <laughs> right, right. Well, if only you were Kryptonian, right? Exactly. Or, or Dex, Dex, Daxonite? I feel like with all these, like, we learned about Daxon, and then, what was the other planet? Inferius? And I'm like, Inferium. I'm like, I can't pronounce all these names. <laughs> oh, I know. Can we possibly, like, just change the planet names to something there's, very simple? There's going to be, like, a slimy bad guy, and he's going to be, like, Slimium. And then there's going to be, like, we've got Metallo already. And so then there's going to be a guy made of bread, and he's gonna, it's going to be, like, Loafy Knight. <laughs> From the planet Loaf. <laughs> From the planet Bread Loaf. <laughs> From the planet Toast. <laughs> yeah, it was. It, this episode was a little... It was a little off for me, and I think, like, introducing two new aliens was a little bit too much, I think. I don't know. We'll get into it. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, I wanted to ask your just general opinion of the episode, because I felt like, like, it, I thought it was a good episode. Like, I didn't really have a whole lot of problem. And we're talking Welcome to Earth, by the way, episode three of season two. Um, I just, like, and I... I loved seeing uh, Linda Carter as president, Olivia Marsden. I'm pretty sure um, that I would like Linda Carter to run for president. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We won't even talk politics, but, (laughs) but but like, and they, they did a few like surprising things this episode, but I felt, I felt like this episode, like if you were to rewatch season two, like in the future, I feel like you could easily skip this one. What do you think? Yeah, and it's funny because I was hyped for this last week because the name of it was Miss Martian. And I think if you listen to our last recording, I was very excited at the end because I, you know, Miss Martian. And the episode, I think it it jammed too too many storylines together. And it kind of made it like I felt rushed when things could have been taken a little bit slower. And... I didn't get Miss Martian until, like, the last minute. The last second, right? Yeah. Yeah, so... And we barely got enough of, Ear me now, Monel. <laughs> it's funny because, you know, I, I I feel like you and I should have another show where we just, you know, talk about, like, shipping couples. <laughs> I, my... The, the one I put down for um, Mon Ellen uh, Supergirl was Superman, like, you know, with the reggae Super, thing. Yeah, Superman. Like, Superman. <laughs> Did you read but, yeah. it? Yeah. I, I wrote Car- Car- Romeo and Mon Elliot. 
my I think I forgot what it where's the Superman? Um Because I mean the reason I picked Romeo and Juliet as my ship name was just because like they're kind of setting that up easily with like you got planet Daxum and planet Krypton and Daxum's like kind of the Republicans of the galaxy and Krypton is the, the liberal or the Democrats and they hate each other. The other, the other name I wrote for their ship name was super L super L. Yeah. The L's like, uh, is not L like the house name? Cause I mean the symbol she's wearing on her chest is like the house of L's symbol. Yeah. Um, technically in, like comic world the mon l is superboy and from what i know he is like a relative of theirs yeah that's what i was wondering like i was like is, is he gonna be, is he like another cousin like he, he, that can that confused me too but uh yeah. we should probably start off at the beginning with <laughs> mon l running away yeah like they my first note on this whole scene was like I've, I've I complained all of season one, yeah. Because I always want them, and the, and this comes from all the time watching Smallville. Like Supergirl can run really fast, but for some reason, even when she's like jumping at an enemy that's a, a ways away, she always jumps up and flies. Yeah, and it's like you know why why not just run every once in a while like. Like, because she can run really fast. She, you I, know. I almost feel like I want to say to the writers of Supergirl, like, rewatch Smallville. <laughs> right. And kind of, you know, take notes from it. I know you're trying to do a completely different show, but I feel like sometimes the writers aren't, like, giving Supergirl the, the strength or something, or like you said with the running, like, they aren't giving... Yeah, I just, like, whenever he ran, like, he, he like, s- super speeded to a guard and, like, hit him and then super speeded, like, away. And I was like, see, this is, like, that's all they need to do with Kara. Like, they need to just do a little bit of that. Like, she can still fly every once in a while. It's just, like, they can't they can't forget that she can, she, I mean, Superman and Supergirl can swim super fast as well. But you don't see them ever doing that either. But anyways, I... I it was a little bit disappointing. Like he was just, he kind of ran through the DEO and punched a few guards and Kara was nowhere to be found. She was like recovering from being choked, I guess. And he just like sprints off. I don't know. What were you, what were you hoping for, to get from Monel besides like a shirtless dude <laughs> running around the DEO? Well, well, I kind of was hoping a little more for them, like a, a, um, a better fight scene in the beginning. Yeah. Um, but nah. It, I don't know. The previews, like I, we left off in the last episode, and he was like violently choking her. So I kind of wanted more of like you know a good choreographed kind of fight scene in the middle of the DEO with everybody watching, and it was just very anticlimactic. It was just he's like peace out. I'm running into the, I'm running into a strange land. Right. And I did Oh, go ahead. I was going to say and then they have trouble the whole episode finding him. 
I I do want to say when we're when uh when Kara was talking to Hank and Alex about like the president coming, and they were like, you know, they were like, yeah, you know, the president wants to meet Supergirl, and it was so adorable. And Kara goes, should I get a blowout? And I'm like, that's, <laughs> that, that's I like that they wrote that for her because she's so like. I like her because she's kind of like sweet and innocent and bubbly and cute. And, you know, of course, that would be like her first thought. It'd be like, should I get my hair done? Like, <laughs> well, I mean, Lin- the, the president that Linda Carter plays, she's like, you know, she's assumedly, she's basically, she's Hillary Clinton. Okay, let's just, let's yeah. just say like this episode had a very, <laughs> very strong anti-Trump message to it. Yeah. About like you know, pro-immigration and how immigrants, America was founded by immigrants and all that stuff. Very blunt, very on the nose. I I didn't mind. But, you know, the first, I'm, I'm guessing, I, I don't know, but I'm guessing that Olivia Marsden might be the first female president in the DC world. And, you know, Supergirl being a woman might be a big fan. So, yeah. Yeah, I I like the line, and I like Tank's uh, reaction to her saying, <laughs> "Should I get a blowout?" He was just like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> so let's let's talk about her meeting this president. What did she think of this scene? Because basically, let me just describe the scene for you. Supergirl is there waving with the fans and then like five fireballs take out all of her, her secret service while Kara's like up in the air, just like staring at the people burning (laughs) on the ground. It was like, she had no reaction time. She was, you know, like I was thinking in my head and I'm like, is she still kind of zoned out with her excitement for meeting the president? And that's why she's not reacting that quickly. But I was like, why is she just, what, what is she doing? Like she made no attempt to like look where the fireballs were coming from, <laughs> and then like you know it was cool to see her like swoop down and save the president at the last second. But it's just like, come on, like the person throwing the fireballs couldn't have been that far away. Like, could she not have like looked for that person and then just like went for her and saved the president that way like i don't know like i mean i guess it was just like a shock but but we've we've seen her react quickly in other scenarios right you know what i mean so this one was kind of weird and it was like i don't know what they were going for and all all i do i'm like sitting there watching i'm like where exactly are the fireballs coming from and i'm like does she can't can she not see like (laughs) They're coming from outer space. <laughs> I don't know. Like that whole seed was really oh, dumb. You know what? Now that let's think. Wait a minute. Maybe she was so focused on trying trying to see if it was Monel who was doing it. Hey, Mon. Monel. Well, I mean, the whole episode, she immediately thought it was Monel because, like, I don't know why but she thought those like massive round fireballs were were heat vision aka eyes of fire and i don't know i just i thought that whole scene was was poorly set up like and then and then you know the fireballs obviously they killed the secret service agents but later in the episode when 
she shoots Alex with one, it does nothing. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll, I'll give him credit. In one scene where they shot Alex with a fireball, she did land in water. So I was like, okay, so that saved her that time. But then the <laughs> second time, the second time, she totally just took the fire. I kept thinking in my head, stop, drop, and roll. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. They did like they did do like, and I'm jumping ahead, but they did do that really cool kind of tribute to uh, Linda Carter's Wonder Woman, where Kara swirls around to get the fire off of her. Yeah, that was that was actually pretty cool. I was just like, hey, she did it just like Linda Carter used to turn in the Wonder Woman. But yeah, so apparently this new character who I had no clue that that she was coming to the show. Um, this new, like, kind of beat city detective, like, on the, on the police force. Mm-hmm. She was like, oh, yeah, don't you know that Infernians also have heat vision? <laughs> to Alex. And I was like, yeah. what, what is going on here? <laughs> like, how does, how does, how does, like, a downtown police detective know about Infernians? But then they kind of explained it later with... The alien bar, but we'll get to the my favorite new place that I'm gonna start. <laughs> I, I after this after this recording, I will be hitting the hitting the night scene and trying to find that bar because that was the coolest bar ever. Oh, I know. Well, you you know you have to know uh, some Dolly Parton songs to get into those bars. The the password's Dollywood, just so you know. <laughs> well, they'll probably change it tonight. It might be like you know. It's going to be Stevie Nicks. (laughs) (laughs) You just have to bow like a goat to get in the door. (laughs) So here's something that I actually wanted to talk about. Um, In last week in my recording, well, in this record, my recording, um, (laughs) I was saying how much I didn't like Snapper Carr. And this episode kind of changed my opinion of him. I think it did for me, too. Like, I don't, like, <laughs> I wrote in my notes, like, okay, so we're going to, we're going to skip to the scene. We're kind of going uh, along with the events of the episode. We're not kind of sticking because we don't have a plan this time, but they, they have the scene in Jimmy Olsen's new CEO office that he somehow lucked out getting and Snapper totally just like. I don't know. He owns Jimmy <laughs> in that scene. What did you like? I wrote in my notes that Snapper basically is treating Jimmy the way that we feel. Yeah, you know, and this interesting interesting because Caco Media Company in the first season they made it out to be like it was this like you know um, great business and you know very you know, Cat Grant, and it was very, like, nice to work there, and now all of a sudden it's a photo, a photojournalist gets promoted to run the company, and all of a sudden Kara gets to be a reporter, and I'm thinking to myself, has she ever taken a journalism class or a communications class? Like, she has no, um, and Snapper really, I liked how he just kind of, like, took the meeting over from Jimmy, and Jimmy Olsen just stood there, like, Okay. Yeah. Right. And um, I've said this before. 
when uh, we were recording with the Earth One crew about how I liked that Barry Allen had an adversary this season, not just the Flash. And now I kind of like this because Snapper Carr is like kind of this cranky, miserable guy. And he's the only person that isn't affected by like Kara's like sweetness and her like, you know, she makes the cute little jokes and says awkward things. <laughs> and I kind of like, I'm not going to say like he's like an adversary for Kara, but it's nice to have someone who kind of looks at Kara and is like, grow up or what do you fall think? For it. Mm. Yeah. So this, I, my opinion of Snapper Card definitely changed. Yeah. And, and, you know, whenever she sent, um, or gave him like the, the report on Lena Luther's thing that she was sent out to do, like his critique that he gave her was a hundred percent like correct. Like it, they made it out, especially with Jimmy's reaction showing how incompetent Jimmy is. Uh, they made it out that like he was being an asshole, but I mean, whenever you work for a newspaper, if the editor doesn't want the article to be biased, then you do have to write it in an unbiased way. And I was just like, you know, snapper, snapper knows his shit. Uh, why don't you why don't you tell our listeners um when Kara went to interview Lena what's that line that she said uh about how she got there about traffic <laughs> I flew here on a bus <laughs> I was like what and there's there's no reaction from Lena Luther at all she's just yeah. like like, it's normal, and I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm cracking up, and I'm like, you know, here's the thing, the one thing, well, there are many things that our CW uh, superheroes have in common, and that is they cannot lie and make up, you know, good excuse stories. Right. Like, I flew here on a bus, and I just laughed, and I was like, why isn't Lena, like, reacting to that at all? Because if someone said that to me, I'd be like, what? <laughs> oh, yeah, no, Lena, Lena 100% knows Yeah. that, that car is Supergirl, and I, I'm pretty sure... She knew from the first moment they met because, I mean, whether Lena was close to Lex or not, like, I'm sure she knew who Clark was as well. Like, she... No, she... go ahead. No, it was just like, the, the whenever they she was showing her, like, the alien tester, like, there was no, there was no reason for Lena to have Kara use it as well. To prove her point, like she she used it on herself, showed her it worked, and that was it. Like there wasn't any reason for her to use it on Kara, but she yeah. like insisted, and so I was like, oh, she one hundred percent knows. I'm pretty sure like Lex Luthor probably kept like a little journal about like everything, and yeah. you know. Yeah, but <laughs> I was just kind of joking about Lena's like her whole her whole spiel about, you know, keeping the city safe with these alien detectors and profiling and stuff. I was like, Oh, Lena Luther, she's the Donald Trump of, <laughs> of national city. <laughs> and then I also wrote down that we got blue heat vision again. I, I mentioned it last episode cause it was, it was red <laughs> and apparently blue heat, blue heat vision doesn't actually like do anything. It like, breaks stuff. That's exactly what I wrote down. I wrote blue heat vision slash blue eyes. Blue eyes. It breaks, it breaks stuff. That's its purpose. Maybe she took some Miracure blue. 
<laughs> no, but I mean, it didn't even break the thing. Like, it didn't leave a mark or anything. It's like her her heat vision like reprogrammed it, or she like somehow fried a chip inside that like like I don't like I have no clue how that heat vision worked to make that thing still function but only show the green light. Yeah. Like I don't know. They uh, we're nitpicking, but I was just like, come on. So, yeah, we got a good Ducati advertising commercial <laughs> in the middle of Supergirl with with Alex and then the cop as they're pulling up outside the bar. And, I'll, you know, they zoom in real close on Ducati and then the cop's like, oh, well, I have, a, you know, this other kind of Ducati. That's <laughs> just like, really? <laughs> really? Like, are, are viewers of Supergirl, are they, are they going to buy Ducatis? Are they like the market out there? Those fourteen-year-old girls and and us. Listen, I, I I'm gonna be honest with you. After after I finish recording, I will be heading over to uh, <laughs> the motorcycle shop on uh, the on Fifth and L, and I will be uh, trying to pick out a Ducati. <laughs> oh God, they got you. They got me. <laughs> they got you. <laughs> Now, I have to bring this up because this is my, I'm going to say this every episode until they tell me who, who the gay character is. Because, you know, they hyped up this story, this storyline. They said, like, you know, one of the characters is going to be gay and, you know, we're going to go on this experience and journey with the character. And, like, you know, they hyped it up. It made it seem like they were going to, like, not like, I'm not going to say, like, be, like, you know, revol- revolutionized. But they were going to, you know, take this storyline and do good things with it. And this whole episode, I was going back and forth and I was like, is Alex going to hook up with detective? Wait, is Kara going to hook up with Lena Luthor? And it was really, it <laughs> was really girl. stressing. It was stressing for my shipper heart because. Oh, I, I, didn't. I totally, because so at first I was like, Oh, you know, the detective is the gay character that they've been like kind of promoting. And I was like, well, you know, that's kind of, you know, just making it a new character instead of an existing one was a little bit of a letdown. But then I was thinking, well, she's kind of her and Alex. You know, they're hanging out. Like, yeah, it depends on if they keep like those two together for a while in this season. Because I feel like the last person that Alex really had a romantic relationship with was Maxwell Lord. Yeah, right? which so... I hey, I miss Maxwell Lord. I know. Where the, where the hell is he? Is he in jail? <laughs> but, I have no idea. Yeah, we need like a Lena Luther Maxwell Lord ship. But uh, I'd be curious if to to see if it is Alex. I, I think, did, didn't you call Alex? You know, you've been calling. No, I called Supergirl. You called Kara, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I think I've got my money. It's still a bit on win because obvious reasons, but <laughs> but I I would put some money I I would bet on Alex as well because I don't know it's interesting it, I guess it just depends it depends on how the relationship between the detective and Alex progresses because it started off rocky like most love stories might yeah I just hope they like I said I just really hope that they. Um, they go along with what they said. I think it was at like Comic Con or something. The interviews they did, and you know, sometimes 
we get these interviews at the beginning of the season and they tell us like, oh, this storyline's going to happen and this story, and this is, we're going to do this. And then it turns out like it doesn't pan out. And I don't want them to like, like, you know, drop this or, you know. Yeah. Overhype it and then not deliver. Exactly. Those are my words. Thank you. Yeah. But speaking of, uh, hot chicks, the, the Infernium, which I guess, according to IMDb, her name's Scorcher. Did she remind you of anybody? Um, not really. I don't know. She She's from Cabin Fever, or Cabin in the Woods. Cabin Fever. The first time I saw her, you know what I said out loud? What? It's Cupid, stupid. It is. Oh, yeah. She looks kind of like Cupid. She does. From Arrow. Yeah. She's super hot. And I, and I don't mean like, you know, just because of the fire, but, <laughs> but she was like, she was super cliche as well. Like they, yeah. they didn't do a, uh, a good job on like her character design. They were like, huh, she's a fire character. And the, and you know, this might be because she was in the comics. I don't know if Scorcher is in the comics or not, but, um, you know, given her orange, orangey red hair with like a red outfit and red eyes. Yeah. It's like, Okay. Super hot though. That's all I gotta say. I'm I'm down. So your your impression is super hot. Mine is it's Cupid stupid. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. I love it. So so now we learn about Daxum, and Kara goes to like, you, you know, I guess she she kind of knocked out uh, Monel. I was trying to think of his name, and I was just like, hear me now. She knocks out Monel and puts him in a jail, and like so, we get this dialogue between them, and the best line of the whole dialogue is "president." What is a president? Pre- president. What is a president? <laughs> you know, it's like you know they're sitting out, but you know they have them in that little jail cell and. Hank and Alex and Kara, like, you know, I think it was Alex who said, like, I'm going to go interrogate him. And Kara was like, no, I'll be the one to do it. And she wasn't even, like, interrogating him or, like, you know, she was angry flirting with him. That's <laughs> that's basically what it was. Like, right. I'm like, she's angry flirting with him. And he's he's flirting back. <laughs> right. And I'm like, this is, this is weird. Um, for, for anyone, any of our listeners who enjoy uh, spiral theorying about you know, seasons and how this is, you know, maybe the crossover that's coming up, I would advise them to do some research on the planet of Daxam. Yeah, D-A-X-A-M. Unlike how, <laughs> unlike how I spelled it. I spelled it almost like dim sum, but with a D-A-K. <laughs> planet dim sum. <laughs> but, like, I was, I was a bit, like, I liked how this scene kind of progressed because... As this, as like Kara was angry flirting with Aramy now, uh, Miss Mister Cleo, I was like, <laughs> wait, if Krypton and Daxon were close to each other and Krypton exploded, shouldn't Daxon be gone as well? And I liked that they did like remember that as well because I, I was kind of like nerd raging a bit. I was yeah. ner- nerd press. Perspirating, 
<laughs> a bit. And then, you know, when once Kara leaves, angrily leaves, like, the jail or the interrogation room, Hank's like, you didn't, you didn't tell him about Daxon or whatever. I was like, oh, okay. You know, that, I'm glad they remembered that. Yeah. But, you know, and then she, later in the episode, she, she sits him down and tells him, you know, about what happened and it, and it, it was actually pretty interesting about how like a piece of debris hit the moon of Daxon and then it caused like solar storms to basically ravage the planet and now it's a wasteland. Yeah, it's kind of close. You're like, um, I'm kind of like a, I'm not going to say I'm a space geek because that doesn't make any sense, but I do like, I, I'm, I like learning about planets and stuff like that. So it was kind of cool how they explained it. Right. I like that too. I appreciated that bit of science. But yeah, he's a Daxonite, which I, I also thought was really pretty pretty lame. It's not as cool as like Kryptonian. I don't know. And, Every... and like I said again, here we are. His name's Mon L, and we're <laughs> it. He's supposed to be related to them, but he's not, and it's kind of confusing. I wish maybe they had picked a different name for him. You know. Yeah, because whenever you sent me that Dax, Planet Daxon wiki, like it has a list of notable Daxonites, and he's not on there. Interesting enough, there is a character named Laurel who comes from that planet. <laughs> dun, dun, dun! <laughs> Laurel like is we, a Daxonite this whole time. Like, like we said, listeners, do your research on the Daxum. Daxum, yeah. yeah. So one of my notes here is that Lena Luther is a brunette Kate Upton. <laughs> <laughs> they look she looks really similar to me. Uh, um another I wrote down their ship name is Super Loop Super Luther Luther. Super Luther, that's I like that. There could be a ship name for Superman and Lex as well. Oh god. So yeah, now we get to to that towards the end like the climax of the episode where the president is going to sign this like massive world changing act at a press conference they do do that you know but it's not yeah. like an out, outside press conference right press right that's I what i mean said... like on the podium of like a big speech press conference like i know that they do it like in front of media yeah like... yeah and inside the white house it was it was weird to have her like it it the scene was set up and it looked more like a campaign rally than right. a, um, you know, official press conference. And it was weird to have her sign that act. Yeah. You know? Like, I don't know. I just, maybe, maybe in, maybe in this, un in this universe, that's how they do it. I don't know. I, I'm, you know, I'm a political nerd. So that kind of made me yeah, raise an eyebrow, but again, um, I was going to say, again, oh. the fireballs started shooting all over the place. Yeah. This this time, Car figured out where they were coming from. <laughs> and Everett, what did, what did uh, Kara do to protect the president? Well, she, she caught on fire again, right? No, but spinning... Oh yeah, well, we mentioned that she, she did, like, the, the Wonder Woman spin to get yeah. the fire off of her. That that was cool. I like that. <clears throat> but yeah, I don't know. It it was an okay fight. Like I was noticing a bit more of the choreography this time because 
you had like the the chick with the flame, the infernite, in, infernian. Sorry, I got confused. The the infernian, you know, she had like fire hands and was like kind of swiping them around, and they did they did a bit more like normal fighting because it was two super powered beings fighting each other. I feel like sometimes, and it happens in this episode, if you notice, some of the fight scenes go from being like, you're watching it and you're like, wait a minute, that makes no sense whatsoever. And then like, you know, the next, you know, 10, 15 minutes later, another fight scene, you're like, that's pretty cool. And I wonder like why, you know, they, they seem to be the, um, the choreographing seems to be off in the fight scenes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Sometimes you're like, that was really cool. And sometimes you're like, I, what? No. Well, it's like I was saying last time, like, I feel like they, they set it up because these are super powered beings and they like want it. They want to like add in the sounds of like the earth rumbling every time they throw a punch. And it's, they like, they want it to seem like they're throwing harder punches, Mm -hmm. but I, I don't think that's the right way to go. Like, I don't know. And I'd like to make a note now. We are, um, as a, we're almost, uh, you know, if you're watching the episode or you've watched it, you've noticed that you still haven't seen Miss Martian. Right. And, and I feel like this is the point of the episode when I, I, IMDb'd it just to like get some of the actors' names and actresses' names and, um, especially the Infernian's name and Google Imager. But, I also like that's when I saw that Miss Martian was in the episode and that like she's way up in the list of the cast for the episode. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait, like, have we seen this character? I was like, is this the cop? I was like, that explains the cop. But then I looked at her character and I was like, no, because that character's name's Maggie. And this is McGann Moore's. And I was just like, okay, well, where the hell is she? And so, you know, after we get the short scene at the DEO where we find out that the president's actually Mystique. What kind of alien could she... I, I mean, they they threw too many alien species into this episode. She's and... a, a Mystiquean. <laughs> like, her skin turned to, like, I don't know... She got really sunburnt. Like she, yeah. She turned really ugly looking. Like real, like, like almost if she were like stick her face in a frying pan. <laughs> I think her eyes turned like yellow or something or gold I, as well. They were, yeah, they were like a. It was like almost like a gold bluish color. It was really strange. And like I said, I feel like they threw too many alien species into this episode because it would have been cooler if maybe we had seen her turn into like, I don't know. I guess what they're maybe inferring, and especially now that we've got Miss Martian coming into the show, I would guess that she's a white Martian. You remember Is from, that... oh. from from last season where they had like that really scary Martian that that was like the race of Martian that killed all of John Jones's species. Right. And, right. And it was able to transform into like some kind of government lady as well. And and I feel like that might be what they're implying is that this is a white Martian and she's trying to 
pass a law to get aliens like accepted so that maybe like she can bring the whole martian army down and it's funny that now you're saying that kind of makes sense because her and hank had kind of like a weird um what's the word i'm looking for like they it, it seemed like he didn't really like her and she didn't really like him and they had that kind of strange weird like it was off when they were talking and now that you say that, it kind of makes sense because what if she is and she knows who Hank is? And so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, she, she knows who he, who John Jones is because she talks about, you know, why don't you, you know, show your alien form now that everyone knows who you are and stuff. And I feel like, I feel like that's what they're leading to is they're, they're leading to like a white Martian takeover attempt you know, now that they've got Miss Martian coming into the show as well, you know, she can be threatened as well, so. Yeah, this kind of, I think they're setting up, like, a huge storyline with aliens taking, well, obviously, aliens taking <laughs> over. Um, it's called Mars and... Attacks. <laughs> 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 so I feel like that's going to be, like, a strong storyline, hopefully, strong storyline this season. We're going to learn, I don't know. So alien takeover. Let's talk about these aliens. So the bar, we haven't really talked a whole lot about it. Like at the end, we meet Miss Martian, and and IMDb kind of spoiled it for me because I knew she was coming, and so you know, John Jones goes in there, kind of. I don't know. They they kind of made it an interesting scene. It was almost like one of the scenes from a movie where a character who's who's like in the closet goes, oh my God, yes. goes to his first gay bar and he's kind of looking around and he's kind of like, Oh, you know, now I'm, I, I think I'm around like my kind of people and my own kind and stuff like it. And they kind of gave that impression. I had the same exact, I was going to say the same exact thing. That was, that's what it seemed like to me. And I was like, this is weird. Is <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so it, it was like that, um, you know, that like fifty-year-old man who goes to like a a hip gay bar and you know talk, yeah. tries to hit on like a twenty-year-old guy. It was very kind of like awkward, yeah. So, you know, I mean, it, we we saw it that way, but the other way we could have viewed it is he's still he is in the closet in the alien closet. So you know that's why he was kind of like sneaking in there and so besides besides miss martian and scorcher in the bar we had gary forehead half extreme alien four eyes fish head boris and daria um i i just like to point out we already said that the password to the bar was dollywood <laughs> do, do you i don't did you hear the song that was playing oh, in yeah. the club it, Islands in the Stream by yeah, Dolly Parton? By Dolly Parton. So, you know, my conclusion to the end of this episode is aliens really like Dolly Parton. Well, it's because Dolly is an alien. It's obvious. She She's one of them. It's got to be it, right? Yeah, who knows? I mean, it, if Half Extreme Alien and Gary Forehead are aliens. Like, don't you, I don't know. I feel like of of all the kinds of, like 
songs to be playing in an alien bar when you yeah. walk in, like Islands in the Stream. It was just like it was funny. They, I think I liked how they kind of, you know, maybe in the writers room or sitting around and they're like, who's a musical artist that we could, you know, have like, you know, be the center of the alien universe? And someone was like Dolly Parton. Well, they did a good job. Like, I liked, I liked the idea of like a hidden alien bar in the city. Like, I wonder if they'll keep going back to it. Yeah, I'll pick you up in my new Ducati later, and we can go try to find it. <laughs> yeah, because I want to hang out with Four Eyes and Boris. In Fishhead, it was a really cool alien. I loved the alien bar. I think the only thing that was missing in the alien bar, like if they would have replaced. Like someone needs to do a YouTube video where they replace the Dolly Parton music with put like a E.T. in the background. E.T. by the way mentioned in this episode. E.T. phone home. Yeah. Win barely in this episode, by the way. Yeah, no win. I I think he was just sitting in a computer. Yeah, he said like one thing. Jeremy Jordan has like kind of like the. The best, it would be like if I was on like a TV show, like, I'm not going to say like, I don't know. I am kind of lazy, I'll admit it. And I would be that like one person who would be happy that the character just sat at a computer the whole time. Because that's basically yeah. like all Wynn does. <laughs> yeah, the, the only scene he was in was like when Alex basically wanted to wanted him to locate where Monel or whoever was. And he started doing the thing where that Felicity and Cisco and all of them do where like they're like explaining how they found out their information. <laughs> yeah. And by the time he's done, like Alex is already gone. <laughs> like she she got the information she needed and left. So I don't know. I it was a good scene, but he, he was barely in it. But in the last thing I guess we need to talk about is James Olsen, you know, kind of re-owning or getting back at Snapper Car at the end. Yeah. Which, yeah, I thought it was okay. Like, it was kind of a, sh- it's a shitty thing to do to, like, rewrite your chief editor's, like, thing without, you know, like, article without telling him. Um, It was kind of... And I also felt that Jimmy was kind of like maybe showing a little bit more favoritism towards Kara. Right. Granted, I ha- I haven't read anything that she's written. But again, she did not go to a journalism school. <laughs> right. I mean, take a journalism class. She, you know, she didn't have any communication classes. And it's like, I feel like you can't just decide one day to be like, I'm a journalist. And expect that you're going to be treated like a journalist when you don't have the experience. Yeah, like, I don't know what they can do with Jimmy to make him, to make him likable. Like, I feel like in the Superman movies and comics and stuff, James Olsen or Jimmy Olsen was always, like, the comedy, like, the the kind of comic relief. Well, we do know what they're going to be doing to him to make him a little more likable. Right, isn't it, what's his name, Guardian? Yeah. Yeah, like, that'll be interesting. I wonder how they're going to fit that in with his CEO schedule. When they, when they first announced that, um, you know, we were only going to have Cat Grant for, like, part-time, a couple episodes, and they had said, you know, this character named Snapper Carr is going to be Kara's new boss, 
I automatically assumed that Snapper Car would be taking over for Cat Grant. And I feel like yeah. maybe it should have been that way instead of Jimmy taking over. Yeah, maybe Snapper realizes it. Like, who knows? Maybe Snapper will end up, like, pulling a coup or something and Jimmy will get let go and have to become Guardian just because he has nothing better to do. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. They're kind of... It's... You have a character like Jimmy Olsen, and I do understand that they want to... You know, they want their show to be different. They want things to, you know, stand out from other shows, but... I feel like if you have Jimmy Olsen, who, I mean, Jimmy, Jimmy Olsen goes all the way back to, like, you know, kind of the few, the very first Superman comics. Like, you know Jimmy Olsen. Right. And you should have, he should have some of the same characteristics that all the other Jimmy Olsons do. Yeah, and, Jimmy Olsen was never, like, suave. Yeah. You know. He's, he was more like Wynn, but, but they already had Wynn in, the, in like a Wynn-like character in the show, so they couldn't have to. Could you imagine Makad Brooks doing like a Wynn-type <laughs> character? That'd be hilarious. You know, I, I don't know. I just don't like, I, again, I don't, I don't like Jimmy Olsen being in charge of yeah. um, the company that just kind of it doesn't feel right at all. Well, it's nice to get Miss Martian at the end. Yeah, the last minute, which I am so mad about. You have no idea. You cannot oh, feel no. my... And then it was kind of... How did Hank know that she was... Um, it seemed like he knew that she was uh, Martian. Like, I, you know what I mean? Yeah... I mean, I would guess, I'm not sure if Martians communicate telepathically or something, or but... You have a smell or something, or... Maybe... Maybe he just sensed that something was off with her, like, and it doesn't make sense that he'd, like, go out back behind the club to follow her, to ask her, like, unless he was, like, enraged, like, mad, like, felt discriminated against you know, by her. Yeah. And, and you know, I don't have a big problem with it, I guess. I I thought the whole, the episode overall, like, it, it was a good episode, but it was kind of, you know, it was kind of just like a throwaway, setting up maybe a few things episode. I was going to be under the impression with this episode that it was going to be, uh, I, it could have focused a little bit more on Linda Carter as the president and uh, whoever the girl that plays Miss Martian is. They kind of like hyped it up that way. And so when we had um, that Inferian girl and then yeah. Monal, it was like, it was kind of all over the place. And, you know, if you're going to have like Linda Carter as your guest star, like use her more as the president. Or and right. if you're going to, if you're going to tell me, like, in this episode, you know, the sneak peek for this episode was that Miss Martian scene. And the very last minute, they have Miss Martian. It was, this episode was a little bit, there were too many storylines, and it was kind of, like, all over the place. Right. Yeah, but, I kind of felt the same. Yeah. Yeah, so, do you have anything else about Supergirl you want to say? Um, Before we move on. 
No. Yeah, I'm neither. Like, I, I'm looking for the next, I'm guessing next episode. Let's see, is Linda Carter signed on for them, or is she coming back much I don't, well, I assume later. she's probably coming back if she's uh, Mystique. Yeah, right. <laughs> I just, I wonder if she's coming back next episode, or if they're going to drag that out. Let's see. It doesn't I, oh, look like I, she is. Oh, Ty, Tyler, Tyler Hoechlin is going to be. And Callista Flockhart, so next episode is looking up. What? Oh, right, next episode is the one with Roulette. Roulette, Super- Roulette. Superman's coming back? Yeah, apparently there's some kind of alien fight club. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, we might as well wait to go to the alien bar until we can go to the alien fight club. <laughs> right, well, the if first... We're gonna make it- if we're gonna make a night out of it. Well, the first rule about Alien Fight Club. We don't, don't talk about it. <laughs> don't talk about Alien Fight Club. All right. Well, let's move on to Legends of Tomorrow. All right. All right. So we're gonna be talking about Legends of Tomorrow Shogun, which is season two, episode three, where the team f- flies back. Well, they don't really fly back to feudal Japan. Uh, we kind of find out that Nate Haywood, a.k.a. Citizen Steel, he's now the Silver Surfer. <laughs> and he falls out of the ship because he doesn't realize, like, how strong he is. And I don't know. Like, I don't know. Him and Ray were just, like, dicking around like bros. And then yeah. They, and then they fall out of the ship and land in feudal Japan. And then the rest of the team has to go save him. So, what's your first impressions about this episode? I thought it started off, it was really, really funny. Um, You know, of course, we find out that we have Vixen stowing away on the ship. And she thinks that Mick is the one that killed Rex. Um, Right. Which, I don't know, I I, I guess she just kind of assumed because he was the most surly and the rudest that perhaps he was the one that killed Rex. But, yeah, yeah, so we we have that situation going on. And then we have, like... And like you said, it was really like they were like Nate and Ray were like brothers, like playing around and like, you know, like Nate was figuring out how strong he was and Ray was like, don't do that. And then, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Nate falls out, Ray goes after him and then Sarah's like, oh, you know, she's probably thinking in her head like, Jesus Christ, these children. Right. Well, so one of my little nitpicks for this episode was wouldn't Jax have felt that Dr. Stein got knocked out. Don't they have like a psychic bomb? Psychic, yeah. Like, I don't know, because the first person to get knocked out was Dr. Stein. I mean, maybe he was like too like consumed in his twisting a screwdriver back and forth. <laughs> it's weird because it was, I think it was the last episode, like either one of them was thinking something and the other one was like, I know what you're thinking. Right. And then it was weird, like, in this episode, it was like, oh, you just get knocked out and I feel nothing. So, yeah, that was kind of weird. And then uh, another interesting thing that I noticed just before we move on is Nate Haywood opened the show. Like, it wasn't Sarah like it was in episodes one and two. Well, I guess episode one might have been. Episode one was Rip. Was Rip. So maybe they're, like, rotating it every week? Now? Yeah, which, I don't know. I guess that's kind of cool. I want Mick Rory to open the show. <laughs> ninjas. There's ninjas <laughs> everywhere. 
<laughs> but, yeah, I, I'll, I'll definitely be waiting for that. So, do you know a whole lot about Silver Sur- or I mean, uh, Citizen Steel? Like, I, I, I've heard the name before. Like they just I, kept, they kept calling him Steel, and I was like, is this the same character that the Shack played? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I don't know too much about him. Because I, I had focused on so much on Commander Steel. Like, I don't even know if a Citizen Steel exists. Or if they just made it up. I feel like I've <clears> heard <throat> the name, but I have, like, you know, I'm not a DC guy, so I don't know. Yeah, actually, I think, I don't know, actually. <laughs> so are you Googling it? <laughs> I'm like, actually, no. <laughs> yeah, he does exist, but I don't know too much about him because I, I think I was focused so much on Commander Steel. But he's pretty cool. He just seems like he can turn his whole body into into metal, into steel, and it gives him super strength. And but you know he can't freaking do anything in this episode. Yeah. Like he can't figure it out. Get it out. Yeah, he can't control the um, steelness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he can't control his steel skin, but. Which is funny because I, I wrote a note here whenever uh, Masako Yamashiro, Yamashiro, when she's all like, oh, you're, you know, you're hardcore. And I'm like, "It does, does that make Nate hardcore whenever he like stands up to samurai guys and can't get a steel skin to work and ends up just getting stabbed and almost dying? <laughs> I don't know. But anyways... My first note of the episode was, first we get Tom Cruise as the last samurai, and now we have (laughs) Ray Palmer. (laughs) Like, I feel like they've been focusing more on Ray Palmer, which I am not complaining one bit about. Yeah, yeah, they really are, and I think it's kind of, I like it. I definitely like it. Um, I was one of those people that didn't initially like Ray Palmer uh, on Arrow. And it wasn't just because of the, you know, realicity thing. It was kind of like, I just didn't think they were giving his character, like they were making his character sort of like, um, if they were using his character as like a butt of a joke to like Oliver's character. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And now that when he went over to Legends, I really fell in love with like the character because they, they were doing so much more with him. And I think that I love that they're focusing more on him now. It's pretty cool. Well, it's interesting because they had the whole, like last episode, we talked a lot about Ray, like learn, like him and Vixen's arc was that he was learning and trying to show her that he could be a hero, whether he has the suit on or not. And I feel like they Mm -hmm. kind of walked that back this episode because he gets his armor stolen by the Shogun and, and he immediately just goes, well, without my armor I'm a nobody like I'm not a hero and I was like didn't we already didn't we already deal with this and like the whole like drama point in this episode was that in order to you know stop the shogun with his armor on they had to blow it up and and he was like you know then I'll no longer be a hero I've spent billions of dollars making this armor like what do you what did you think of that arc because I was a little I was a little confused um, I was, I was kind of feeling the same way you were. It was a little confusing to hear him complain about again, especially since, I mean, we know on that ship that there's so much, um, 
attack and there's like, you know, I'm not going to say magic things, but you know what I mean? Like they can pretty much get anything they want off of that ship. Right. You know, there's a room where all the clothing are, clothing is and everything like that. And I mean, like he can rebuild the suit. Granted, it's not going to be the original suit, right. but you know, and then, you know, my other thought on this was like, why didn't they just figure out a way to have that guy take off the suit? Exactly. Or stab like, him in the face. Like, or like, yeah, or like send some little woman to like seduce him or something and have him take off the suit. Or you know what would also have stopped the Shogun? A guy that could fly and shoot fire out of his fists. <laughs> like <laughs> they were too, they were too busy. <laughs> they were too busy playing with their gun racks. But we'll get to that later. But like I was just, you know, if you crash land somewhere and you're in feudal Japan, it's not that bad of a place, you know, considering. Like, they could have easily flew out there, helped them kill all the bad guys, and then worked on the ship, right? Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't get, like... Well, I, I, think, I... I think what they're what they're trying to do with all these, um, with the episodes so far, is, like, take, like, a couple characters and take them out of the picture for a while. Oh, you know what I mean? And yeah, kind of, no, like... They've been doing that since season one. Yeah. I, and I totally it... get it. They're doing it a little bit better this season than they were before. Except, I mean, of all the characters I think you could have left, who could you have left in the ship instead of... I mean, they could have came out of the ship for like five minutes. They could have left McRory on the ship, but he's too much of like a fan favorite. Mick was like basically me. Because like I was like, ninjas! 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 I love ninjas! Oh, I know. Like he he was the, the comedic relief in the episode, really, and just his whole like he did like a chuck norris joke and we're jumping a bit of a jumping a bit ahead but it was just mick was the best but but yeah i i agree i think they're doing it a bit better this episode and i i feel like what they're doing is they're giving they're giving the characters that they're not going to focus on this episode like a pretty big payoff even though you don't see them that much yeah and I guess we'll just jump to it. We can jump back to Ray, you know, when he comes up, because he's all over this episode. But we'll we'll just cover Jackson Stein real quick. Like, what did you think? Like, what did you think when they first, like, found that, that we'll call it the hatch? Um, what were you expecting to be in there? I kind of was thinking that maybe, like, Rip Hunter would have been in there and some kind of, like... Um, <laughs> Me like, too. Encased in, in like water, like he would have been like encased in some kind of water thing with like bubbles going everywhere. And I'm like, they found Rip, and then I'm like, wait a minute, what's that going on there? Could you, you imagine there? if they had pulled it open? It was like a locker, and he was just hiding in there. <laughs> I mean, that's I had no idea. That's my very it was my very first thought. That's what I thought was happening. It well, wasn't. Why do you think there's a bunch of guns in there, though? Like, I was a bit... Before the the big reveal of the, the hidden message, like, I was a bit disappointed that it was just guns. Well, it was obviously, like, some kind of um, emergency area. But it's so weird to me that they would... That Rip would have never said anything to them. Like, hey, in case of emergency, there's this room here with all these guns. Like, you know... Yeah, and I feel like they could have used some of those guns last season. (laughs) 
like, I don't know. Like, I was, I was a bit disappointed that it was just normal guns. Like, it would have been cooler if they, if it would have been like a stockpile of some really cool artifacts, like a Green Lantern and a Doctor Fate helmet. I don't know. I'm just, I, I'm, I'm wishing for too much, but the the payoff on their little like mini side story was uh, a very deeper voice. Gr- Grant Gustin. Uh, Barry Allen basically leaving them, leaving Rip a message for something that he needs to know, but the crew shouldn't know. Which is completely, I mean, I'm completely dumbfounded by this. Right. First of all, it's coming from 2056. Right. Which, dear God, like how, that's really far away. Is actually Barry alive even in 2000? Hold on, how many years is that? 40 something years right so he doesn't die so that ruins so, the fall. barry's like in his late 60s is he <laughs> still the flash as in his late 60s I that's don't know. insanity but i mean that's just and then hi we don't even know what what's happening we don't know what you said yeah i know well, like that's gonna be the whole thing is that'll probably lead to the crossover somehow because we know Barry's going to be in that. So I've, I don't know. Like, I don't know if they're going to address that next episode or not. But it it did add a bit of intrigue, I guess. And me. it was very, like, ominous, too. Like, you knew something bad was said on that message. Because, like, um, Jax and Stein were both like, once you hear that, you can't unhear it or something like that. And I wonder if it has to do something with Rip's disappearance and... It brought up a lot of questions, and I was really aggravated at the end because sometimes I like it when TV shows let the audience know something, but not the other characters. Right. Do you think that message is the reason why Rip left? I mean, maybe. Like, because it was only supposed to be for Rip. So maybe Barry tells him something that that Rip is now trying to change without the rest of the team knowing it. Like maybe he's or how could he have gotten away and he has no Gideon? I mean, this is just a mess. Well, is I he on I... like the little like lifeboat or do like, I don't know. I think I have so much anger towards this because I don't know what the message was. <laughs> right. No one's telling me. anything. <laughs> I'm really mad because it was like, when I saw that played in the, um, like the trailer for the new seasons, I was like, Oh, this is cool. And then, like, it finally came up this episode. And then I'm like, you're not even going to tell me? Like, right. no. Well, I know. Upset. It. I think this is really what the show needed, though, was a bit of intrigue. Because up until now, it's just been fumbling through time trying to, to make things better. But, like, I want to know what it is. Like, I want some tension in the show. And I... Uh, I don't think we, like, I think this is the, the only bit of tension we're getting so far. Yeah. I don't know, but I love this episode. I thought this episode was great. Um, well, I guess now that we've talked about Jackson Stein, we can move to, uh, we'll just move to, like, Sarah Lance and her thing during this whole, like, there isn't a whole lot to say because she didn't have a big part of the story but it was pretty awesome to she see she just murdered she just murdered people that was basically her part 
story. Well, I mean, she's a ninja, which proves Mick's point to Vixen. Like, she's like, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of a ninja. And it, it was just cool to see, like, white, blonde, Aryan girl trained by the League of Assassins. Assassins in feudal Japan fighting actual samurais. It was and... funny that she used that line, um, League of Assassins, she thought class of 09. Class of 09. <laughs> and it's funny because that's the line that Felicity uses on Nissa in the season two finale of Arrow when she's like, Nissa comes and she goes, Nissa al ghul, heir to the demon. And Felicity goes, Felicity Smoke, MIT, class of 09. So I thought that was kind of, like, cute. Yeah, and I feel like this is kind of... Sarah, like, I haven't been a big Katie Lotts fan throughout her career on the CW shows, but I feel like she's starting to come into a role that I like her in. Yeah. If that makes sense, like... I, I agree with you, yeah. Like, she's starting to find her character, I guess, is what what's happening. And, and I really liked her in this episode, and I just thought she, I thought she was badass. Like, it was, it was super fun whenever she had the two swords and she was just kicking a bunch of samurai's ass. Like, that's all I really wanted from her this episode, and that's what we got, so. Yeah, because I think that we needed the episode. We wanted it to focus more on, obviously... Nate and trying to figure out his um his powers and you know hooking up with Japanese chicks and then you know we needed that focus on Ray like learning how to fight without his suit yeah so let's talk about these Japanese chicks that Nate's hooking up so this was actually one of the coolest parts of the whole episode is whenever Ray's like wait what did you say your last name was? And in Ichiro, the old man says Yamashiro. Yep. And I was like, holy shit. They just threw a katana, like Easter egg slash origin into this episode. Like it was nothing. And I was just like, holy shit. Like, that's amazing. Like we just got the swords like origin. It's funny because I'm watching the episode and I'm watching the woman and I don't remember what her name is, but she's the one that comes across Nate. Masako. Yeah. Masako. And that's his daughter, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So so I'm watching it and I'm like, that lady reminds me so much of the actress who played Katana. I'm like, it's Mm -hmm. the weirdest thing ever. And then at the very end, I'm like, it's Katana's backstory. Right. I was so excited. I was too, like, and in, in, you have to think about the implications of this episode, right? Mm-hmm. So, if they hadn't fallen back to this period and, and saved her, she would have had to marry the Shogun, who had a history of violently murdering his wives. She would have died, and Ichiro probably would never have given anyone the sword and armor to use, therefore the katana probably wouldn't have been passed down yeah. to, to make katana. Like, I don't know. I probably overthought it, but I was just like, holy shit. Like katana exists because the legends fucked up and wound up in field Japan. Yeah. For katana, a katana exists because Nate and Ray were children fighting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah. So that was, it is so cool. And I'm, it's, I think it's one of the first times that they've actually, 
did something like that, and I'm probably mistaken. I'm probably lying. <laughs> well, it's yeah, I I don't know. Like I, it might be, but I I just I just thought it was such a, it was so well done, and I don't know. I just I really liked the whole uh, kind of including them, and I don't know. I liked Nate mentioning that his master was named Yoda. This <laughs> <laughs> master, your master Yoda, is very wise. Oh, man. oh i guess i forgot to mention too one of my notes was uh omfg the anime finish from oh when uh katie when sarah was fighting the head samurai and yeah. they like run at each other and they both slash and they're like got their backs to each other and then the samurai guy like starts to bleed and just falls over i was like no they didn't just do an anime fight <laughs> anime finish on that fight I don't know. The, the um this episode was I don't know it had a lot of cool little um so what I'm looking for like the anime thing and then I had like the cool little um pop culture I, references. Thank you. <laughs> it's got a lot of pop culture references. Oh god. <laughs> that felt oh. good. <laughs> By the way, that that head ninja guy's scar on his face. Yeah, it looked like someone just like took it took a thing of lipstick and just kind of drew it on there. Yeah, I feel like the um the crew was so busy like making sure everything looked kind of authentic. They were like, "Oh, you need a scar. Hold on, I have a tube of lipstick right here in my bag. <laughs> yeah, Let me like just it, put one on real quick." It looked like when they did a close up of that guy's face, I was just like, "Wow." But let's talk about the most important part of this whole episode because uh, Rory. <laughs> hashtag Mixon was born, right? It was. It was. I, I've already coined it. It's all over Twitter now. It's Mixon is the ship name because Mick Rory and Mixon, they you know they did like the perfect curve this episode where Mixon thought he was the worst person in the world and had and was the one that killed our man and she didn't trust him and was very biased against him throughout the whole episode but then mick comes in and and is a fucking badass hero and she kind of forgives him in the end gives him a ninja star as a gift and like it's the most romantic thing i think i've ever seen i think i think mick was basically me in this episode because he was like ninjas i love ninjas and i love ninjas <laughs> and i would have been the same way and he, it, you feel so bad for him on that ship because he's like now i have no evidence that ninjas are real and he's really mm. sad and then she just comes in and she goes here you go and hands him that little shooting star and he was like oh there we go I just love when Sarah and Vixen are backed up against, like, that door and they're about to get, like, surrounded and then Nick, Mick just busts through in a ninja outfit and pulls yeah. off his mask. He's like, I told you ninjas are real. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. And then he did, like, the Chuck Norris joke and, oh, man. Mick, Mick was, he was on point this episode. Yeah. Which and it makes up for the fact that I missed him so much last episode. Yeah, <laughs> he did the he did the joke where Ray Palmer was like, you know, I designed the suit so that any idiot could uh, could use it, and he was like, an idiot is using it. 
or an idiot does use it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But I I really thought this was the best episode. Like It really it it was. Um I kind of like if this is the way that season two is going to be headed, I'm very, very excited because I think that first season in the show, you're always trying to find your footing. But the problem with Legends was as much as we loved it last season, it was like, I don't know, it kind of seemed all over the place. Um, You know, we were chasing after, you know, the whole point was we were chasing after Randall Savage. Mm. This, this um, so far in this season, they're not completely sure who the bad guy is. They don't know who they're chasing. So that's cool. Yeah, and it was kind of like the you know, in the first season you were mentioned they're chasing Vandal Savage and I felt like some of the best episodes in season one were the episodes where they took a break from Vandal and just fought like a random bad guy, and that's kind of what they did this episode. Like they they have been fighting like various bad guys, but the Shogun, as far as we know, has no connection to the Legion of Doom or to to Reverse Flash or any of them because they didn't show up at all this episode. And I think the pacing is a lot better in, in the second season and the fight scenes are a lot better. Um, everyone's getting better, like, lines. Like, you know, it's, it's, you're seeing, like, fun, funny things are being... Funny things are said. It's a lot... The season's a lot better and I think they kind of, like, learned that lesson last season with the constant chasing after Randall Savage, they, they were like, you know what? Let's just let the show kind of be a little bit off course. Right. It's working because like I said, they don't know about the Legion of Doom yet. You know, we do, but they don't. Right. And, it, and that's one of the things I'm wondering if maybe, you know, Firestorm knows now is maybe Barry tells them that Eobarthon is you know screwing around with them like it's yeah i don't know because i feel like if it was something like that um jackson stein would have like mentioned something i feel like it's something there's something deeper and i I just can't Mm. figure it out what it is and it's making i'm so mad that we didn't get to hear at least like a tiny bit of the message i know except for like very deep voiced Grant Gustin. Barry Allen. <laughs> this is Barry Allen. But so we mentioned Ray's suit got exploded in. Yeah. Do you think uh like what do you think's gonna be the future for him? Like he doesn't have a suit anymore. Do you think he's gonna like go through time and get a suit from either the future or the past or is he going to be rebuilding one for the rest of the season or is he going to be like just stuck in the ship i kind of envision him rebuilding a suit but in the meantime i guess he's gonna i mean can he fight sort of fight i mean i don't know he has has to re we we can't (laughs) lose the atom we we cannot No. no It like he got taught a little bit by Oliver. He got taught, you know, a little bit by some of the crew on Legends how to fight, you know, with his fists. So I mean, he can do a little bit. He's not like super skilled, but I'm sure, you know, in their downtime, he could probably learn a thing or two from like Sarah. Like I don't, I don't know. Like I would envision him maybe working on a new suit, but. It would almost be easier to just 
fly through time real quick and grab one either from the future or from like his lab yeah you know in 2014 or whatever you know wherever yeah i think it was 14 yeah but then that then that that screws up the timeline for that timeline because if he steals a suit then that ray never puts on a suit but he's got to have some like prototypes maybe that he didn't use in the final the final suit. I don't know. It was it was very difficult to watch that suit explode. It really was difficult because I mean, we're going back all the way to Arrow season three with that suit. We saw that suit being built. Yeah, like Felicity and, was helping him test that suit. And we saw that suit like go through, you know. We saw him like it was like it's like baby kinda like watching a child grow up. Like we watched Ray like make the suit and then like be like an idiot in the suit and not know how to use it and shoot random things. Like mm-hmm. remember, I think he shot Roy once. Yeah. Um, and then like, you know, he, he grew into it and I was like, when it, the sh- when the suit exploded, I got a little upset. I was like, bye Adam suit. I love you. Yeah. I didn't get why they had to make it explode because when they were horsing around in the cargo bay, like citizen steel, like, the Adam suit barely, like, it couldn't do anything to him. Yeah. And so why why didn't Steel just, like, start ripping pieces off of the Shogun? Like, you know, rip the helmet off and just punch him in the face. Like, I felt like it was more of, like, a plot point than realistic. Yeah. Like, like they're planning something else. I just don't know exactly what. Yeah. Do, we, do we get Adam suit point two? Oh man, it'd be so cool if he got like the actual costume, like the blue and red like suit that he wears in the comics. Oh, oh, maybe what if he takes some of that serum? Yeah. And then and then and then gets the blue and red suit and he would really have power. He would be like it was in the comics. That ooh. I like that. I like the sound of that like he starts kind of trying to replicate the serum that steal this that Nate took. Yeah, and he just becomes like the actual Adam, like not robot Iron Man Adam. And, and what is yeah, what is in that suit that exactly makes you turn into the I think you put it as the silver surfer. Like the silver surfer, yeah. <laughs> well I mean the... like I don't know what he added because Baron Krieger just turned into the Hulk. <laughs> You know, Nazi Hulk, and, like, did he accidentally drop, like, a nickel into the (laughs) serum or something? (laughs) Like, I don't get why it it had such good effects, and now it makes him Silver Surfer. I don't know. I don't know, but pretty much, I think we've covered most of the episode. It was pretty straightforward, but... I just thought, like, I'm a big Feudal Japan guy. I love that time period. And, like, I know we're going to go back to the Wild West with Jonah Hex sometime this season. Like, I really like when they go back in time. Yeah. Like, I like when they go, like, to the extremes. Like, when they go Feudal Japan or even seeing, like, the dinosaur chasing Ray was good. Or when they go, like, way in the future. But, like, when they're... Going into, like, the time periods that we learned about in history class, like, that that can sometimes get boring. Just yeah. Just because it's done in all the other time travel shows. 
I, I this was um I really did enjoy this episode and I think we're off to kind of we're off to a very good start and I'm also um I am kind of glad that we are, we're not um uh, we didn't indulge into the Legion of Doom this episode because uh I think taking a break from hunting down the bad guys is is good. Yeah, now we got now we got Vixen on the team like permanently if, until they find our man's killer and yeah i don't know that's a it, it was exciting and i can't wait to see more can't like i'm not sure if like they're gonna keep bringing up the barry's message but i don't know if we'll hear it until if they keep bringing it up and i don't get one single hint of what this message is i'm gonna lose it i don't <sighs> like secrets <laughs> yeah i don't know how long they can drag <laughs> that out so i don't know what you know, if people want to send you what they think that message is, Carrie, where would they yes. send it to? Um, I'm on Twitter at Care Bear Crew. Care Bear Crew. Yes. Can't wait till the hundred the one hundreds back on TV. I'll be <laughs> will be exciting. And you can send me all the hashtag mixin gifts and pictures to at the ever written on Twitter. You can like and subscribe to the GWW Radio on iTunes, as well as Cena Nerd on iTunes. Uh, check out the GWW Radio SoundCloud, and check out GW, the GWW.com, where you can find all of our geeky opinions on comics, video games, tech, movies, Stop. TV. Yeah, we, we write long articles about The Flash and arrow sometimes every week so go go read those carrie carrie's gonna start covering supergirl once she has two arms again yes <laughs> and, and excitingly enough next week on supergirl we are going to we are going to alien fight club yep alien fight club and, and legends is gonna be uh the civil war era so we're excited oh the civil war with the zombies oh yes. man that's going to be exciting, and I think Legends needs a bit more mono. <laughs> mono. Mono. All right, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening, and good night and geek out. Bye. You're welcome. Bye. This has been a production of the GWW Radio Network. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Also, check out Geeks Worldwide at the GWW.com for all the latest news, reviews, and opinions on video games, comics, movies, TV, cosplay, and more. Geeks Assemble!